is the season of Christmas. And here in Korea, I've searched desperately for the things that would remind me of Christmas. Just the other day, we were driving through uh, uh, Gangnam area, and we're visiting everywhere, including big mega churches, but couldn't see the type of decorations and the manger scenes or you know, the things that would help to boost the spirit of Christmas. I just didn't see that. I don't know, maybe it's because of the pandemic and everyone's trying to conserve electricity or whatever, but I just didn't see that. The thing that came closest to that was when I took my daughter, little one, to Lotte World about a week or two ago. And in the middle of our play and entertainment, and suddenly they make this big announcement, there's going to be a parade, a Christmas parade. So we got really excited about it. They made a major fanfare over this procession that we were going to have. And they started out with joy to the world, the Lord has come. And so I expected like, uh, you know, Jesus and, and Mary and, and Joseph and, and the Magi and the shepherds and all that. None of that. Joy to the world. They kept on playing that, so I expect the Lord to come. But the Lord doesn't come. The Santa Claus is the first one who makes the appearance. And I'm going, what's wrong with this? Do they do that uh, on the day of you know, Buddha's birthday? But somehow here in Korea, something is wrong. And it wasn't always like this. And I'm realizing more and more, they are excising Jesus out of the picture. Especially in this season, which is to commemorate his birthday. My memory about Christmas is so different because I grew up in the East Coast in North Carolina. And when you live in the East Coast, very different from the West Coast, like Southern California, where it's dry and there's no snow. In the East Coast, we had snow, we had Christmas tree, we had Santa Claus, we had reindeers. No, not quite, but uh, we had all the uh, symbols of Christmas. And then there was a lot of Christmas carol, a lot of singing. But even then, I realized a lot of them have to do with sentimentality. When you go to the malls or shopping centers, you got all these spirit of Christmas, but it's all about buying gifts, spending money, and celebrating, having a good time, good holiday season. It's very difficult to recognize Jesus in the very midst of Christmas season. And it was no different 2,000 years ago when Jesus was born in this world. There was no fanfare, there was no pageant, except in the heavenly realm, except in the angelic realm. We know that they celebrated big time. But when Jesus was born, he was recognized only by a handful of people. Mary, Joseph, shepherds, Simeon and Anna, and later some Magi, but the rest of the population in Palestine, the whole world, as a matter of fact, was completely oblivious of his coming. And Apostle John states that very clearly in his gospel, in the first chapter. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. It seems like Jesus, when he came into this world, he was pretty much hidden 
to the world. And even in his ministry, he was appreciated to a degree, but they didn't really know who he was and what he was really about. So we see that from the very beginning, from the advent, but all throughout his life as recorded in the gospel, we see that somehow there's this thing about Jesus that causes him to be hidden. And he can only be seen by those to whom it is revealed. We call that revelation. I want to read for us the text that has to do with Christmas, a very short text, and I'm going to just quickly expound on this. It's in Luke chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So I want to talk about how Christ is hidden and how we can recognize Christ in that state of hiddenness. First of all, the text says that when the time came for the baby to be born, Mary gave birth to him. It was a son. What we see here is God in his divinity hidden in the form of a human person. God is hidden in humanity. We have all studied about incarnation of Christology and so we basically know that Jesus, when he came to this world, when he was incarnated, he being God, took on an extra nature. So he's God. But he's also human at the same time. His Godness, his divinity is hidden in his flesh. And John says once again in chapter 1 of his gospel, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That's the beauty and that's the wonder of seeing God right there through the flesh. And yet people all throughout the history of the church, we tend to operate more with a Gnostic notion. Like we rather see divine or imagine divine in a spectacular way, in a fantastic way, in supernatural way, a mystical way. We don't have the appreciation like what John is saying. We should appreciate his human flesh. He came in a fleshly way. He came in a human way. No wonder he was hidden from the world. Because he came in a way that was not obvious. God should come in a godly way in God-like way, in a superman way. But not in the humble appearance as a human flesh, as Jesus did. Another way the Lord hides himself is by coming in the most common and ordinary way. The text that we have read today in Luke chapter 2, it says that she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And more likely, they were not privileged to stay in an inn because the innkeepers did not recognize them. They were not royalty. They were peasants. They were common, ordinary folks. We also know that they are not of the high class, not of the elite of the society, because during the time of purification, a few days later, they offered two doves, 
And that's what poor people do. They made provision in the Old Testament time for poor people to offer sacrifice during the time of purification. They couldn't afford the lamb, so they offered two doves. And when Jesus appeared, he appeared to the commoners. Mary, Joseph, shepherds, Simeon, and Anna, they were all commoners. Only the Magi, they belonged to, to the nobility. And yet these Magi were specially chosen by God, led by a supernatural star, and they received a revelation with which they could recognize Jesus as the Messiah. So Jesus basically grew up very normal. And right now I'm trying to finish up a book in which that's exactly what I'm trying to state. That Jesus grew up in the normal way, not in a Gnostic way. You know, like some authors would say, Jesus probably went to India and Tibet and Himalayas. And that's where he learned on the gurus and yogis. I don't think so. We don't need to buy that. Because when the Bible is silent, the gospel is silent about his 30 years of life before his fantastic ministry, it's because they want to make a point that he lived in the very normal, common, ordinary way, just like all of us. He worked as a tecton, that is, a, as a builder, artisan. It could be carpentry, it could be masonry, whatever. But he worked for a living. He took care of his family, his widowed mom, his siblings. He was faithful in the given works. No wonder they did not recognize him. Because he operated in the most common and the ordinary way. But finally, it seems like Jesus prefers to be hidden in the lowly and the despised. And that's why he came, and when he was born, it was sort of like a prophetic statement. He was placed in a manger. And what is a manger? Manger is a feeding trough of animals. No one is born that way. I don't know about you. No matter how poor I may be, I would never lay my own child in a manger. And yet he was laid in a manger. And that's the type of ministry that he was involved in. He was always reaching out to the outcasts, the sinners, the lepers, the demon-possessed, the disenchanted. And he's always reaching out to these people. And so his birth and being laid on a manger, his life as a common carpenter, ministering to the outcasts of the society and of course his death on the cross. He chose that, a criminal's death on the cross, to make a point. Most people will not recognize Jesus in those forms, except for those who have the revelation. It was a great um, reformer, Martin Luther, who actually talked about it in his theology of Deus Absconditus has to do with the hiddenness of God. We cannot see God because he's hidden. There's, by nature, he is not us. And so he is hidden from us. But he wants to reveal himself. And that's Deus Revelatus. And he revealed himself through Jesus Christ. His incarnation is Deus Revelatus. He's growing up as a common, ordinary person. And his death on the cross, that's revelatus for us. 
and we recognize Jesus because Jesus appeared that way to us. But Martin Luther, as I, as I recall, we have a president who's an expert in the area, so uh, I cannot say that I know this, but he's saying even in the cross, which clearly is plain and evident to everyone, that this is God revealing himself to humanity. It is hidden from others. Again, he becomes deus absconditus to others because they do not have faith. They do not have the light of revelation shining in their hearts. But if we can open our eyes, we can recognize Jesus hidden in the things that are natural, things that has with humanity, things that are common and ordinary, things that are low and despised. Now think about it. These adjectives, these descriptive terms I just gave you, they're contrary to what we are accustomed to. We're looking for God in the big and fantastic and large and mega. And I hope that you don't pick that up from the Korean church. Because we tend to like things that are big and many, a lot and fantastic. Look for Jesus during this season and make this a sort of an assignment to you during this Christmas vacation. Look for Jesus in the small things, common, ordinary things, and the areas that's despised, that others do not bother to look for Jesus in the first place. That's what I chose to do this Christmas. And I'm glad I didn't see that in the parades. I'm glad I'm not seeing the streets. Maybe the Lord is not interested in parading himself with ornaments. Maybe he wants me to recognize him in the streets in the back alley somewhere, or people who are lost and, and seeking for some help. Maybe that's where we'll see Jesus. So this is a message that I would like to present to you, especially to those of you who are leaving and going out into the ministry. It's not the big things. It's not the gaudy things. It's not the fantastic things. It's the small, common, ordinary things of life. But I believe that Jesus wants to reveal himself grandly to all of us. And I hope you learned a little bit of that from our school. I hope you learned that from our professors, from our staff, from our community. We don't go around boasting of our greatness. We've always went through a lot. If we see the history of our school, and we suffered, and we're despised in so many ways. We're treated as common and ordinary. But that's where Jesus would like to reveal himself to everyone. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to just briefly share and to meditate on the story of Christmas, what it's about, where Jesus was born, and what that's about, and how he grew, and who he ministered, he targeted and focused his ministry on. And that's where we want to go, Lord. That's where we want to focus Teach us not to fall into the temptation of looking for the big and fantastic and glorious thing. The true glory of Christmas is found in the most humble and the most despised of things. Teach us to open our eyes to recognize that. Let your light of revelation shine into ours to recognize that, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.